Welcome to FisherCast, a Six Feet Under retrospective. I'm your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers, Moira, Des, and Delirio. Okay, penultimate episode time, and you know what? We're gonna we're, we've been going long recently, and uh, I'm thinking maybe maybe we should just spend these last couple episodes just talking about the episode, getting into the feedback and all that. So why don't we get right into the episode right away? Are you guys okay with that? Yeah. Yep. Super. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> okay, so here we go, right in the open casket viewing. And uh, Moira, synopsis right. for this episode. Season 5, episode 11, Static. As David's fears take over, Keith tries to protect him and the boys. Claire goes on a drunken harassment spree and pushes Ted away. Rico pushes for a talk about the business, and Vanessa sees the future in a funeral home. George tries to help Ruth with Maya. Billy attends to his sister, uh. <sighs> and Nate urges Brenda to embrace a taboo. Written by Craig Wright and directed by Michael Cuesta. Mm. Excellent. Uh. Sweetest taboo. <laughs> All right, so Craig Wright is the writer we're saying goodbye to. That I don't have to say Craig Wright, the writer, uh, anymore unless I do a podcast on uh, United States of Terra. Brothers and Sisters or Dirty Sexy Money, which is a possibility. Oh, Dirty Sexy Money, the <laughs> official spinoff of uh, Six Feet Under. We have to do that one. We have to do that after this because it's part of canon. Stay, <laughs> stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also uh, wrote and produced for uh, Lost after this as well. Really? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Craig Wright, uh, he brought us Timing in Space, Twilight, Falling into Place, The Black Forest, Time fl- and Time Flies, <laughs> in this episode, Static. So, uh, And there was an awesome commentary with Lauren Ambrose and Michael C. Hall. I suggest you all check it out after the next episode, of course, so you don't get spoiled. But it was awesome, and I'll have some comments from them as we go along. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, Holly Duncan is... Uh, here to see her brother, the uh, VA hospital. Her brother, Paul, who's uh, missing two legs and an arm. Yay, that's the first of the grossest things ever that I hate in the world. He's three quarters uh, of a basket case. Yeah. <laughs> so, so gross. Yeah, I was like, ah, amputee fun with, for, with Des. I can't wait. Oh, I my God. Lab this, I was taking his sight. I'm sorry. And it, it wasn't here. the... Go ahead, <laughs> Sorry. Take it his arm. Take it his legs. Thank you, Metallica. Um, it wasn't oh, the yes. only thing in this episode. Two out of three of, like, the grossest things ever I ever see on TV were in this episode. They almost <laughs> had the third one. But maybe next episode. Um, okay. Just for your knowledge, uh, Holly Duncan is played by Amy Spanger, who was Michael C. Hall's wife at the time. Uh, they starred together until, on a... Until he divorced her and married his sister, Deb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they starred together on a Broadway uh, revival of Chicago. He played Billy Flynn. She played Roxy Hart. They were together until uh, 2006. And uh, yeah, as the uh, opening credits were going along... Uh, Michael C. Hall was talking about how his wife has a six feet under theme as a ringtone on her phone, just to be kind of annoying. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. And uh, yeah, the brother Paul's played by Billy Lush, 
who was on Black Donnelly's Generation Kill and Chicago Code. But yeah, uh, she assists in a little suicide here. Yep. So, um, pretty sad, pretty sad scene. It was very sad. Horrifying. I mean, I why shouldn't he just have, like, one leg missing? Or one arm missing? Why does that have to be three limbs? Ah! Oh, because of war I, is hell. I, see, That's I right. almost died right then. <laughs> Freedom I isn't free, Des. Almost didn't It'll cost you an arm and a leg at least. Apparently an arm and two legs. <laughs> uh, for this next scene, Michael C. Hall talked about how awesome it is when uh, the, his days on the set are getting up at 5.30 a.m., going to the makeup trailer, going to the set, and getting back into bed all day. <laughs> um, but yeah, David uh, wakes up and hears uh, static from the radio. Someone in a hooded sweatshirt took a six-year-old girl from a bus stop and he took off in a dark blue Honda Accord. Uh, Anthony wakes him up and starts talking about how his face keeps coming off at nights. And then he screams in his face, wake me up. David wakes up to hear that a uh, young girl's body was found and she was possibly taken. So it's, he was hearing the news report in his sleep, right? So, mm-hmm. um, But uh, yeah, David asks Keith to walk the boys into school. He's getting a little paranoid about that. And we find out it's actually been six weeks since uh, Nate's passed away. Not and, long enough. Yeah. Uh, I had a note for that section that just said, Keith, best boyfriend ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next scene, Billy is playing nurse to Brenda. And it's funny, as the scene starts, the commentary from Michael C. Hall and Lauren Ambrose said, they were like, oh, it's this episode. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny. That's hilarious. Ew. So, uh, yeah, he's helping her organize her files, making breakfast for her, helping out with Maya. Um, so what do you guys think? Is, is he still in love or is he, you think he's better? I think he's still in love. Hmm. I don't okay. think you just, I mean, like, okay, if you're really in love with someone, those feelings don't just go away because they, they reject you. Right. I I'm, I feel like he's trying to get his, his act together. I'm sure the feelings are still there. I'm sure he just wants to be there for her as much as he can be. Right. Yeah, that's how I feel about it, too. Like, he still loves her. He knows he can't have her. So he's just going to be a good brother so that, you know, do what he can for her because he cares about her and everything. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think so, too. And as pregnant as Brenda looks, we find out that we still have two more months until this baby <laughs> is supposed to arrive. Now, was, at this time, was she still pregnant in real life? Oh, yes. Okay. I wasn't she sure was, how it lined up. She was eight and a half months pregnant. Okay. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like very authentically pregnant. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think at this episode, she's eight months pregnant. So, um, <laughs> We go to Claire who is uh, drunk at work and uh, Kirsten Wig is begging her to go home. And then she gets upset. She says she's going to have to call HR on her and Claire flips out and throws paper towels at her and, uh, and tells her she's <laughs> sleeping with Ted. <laughs> yep. All right. I need to talk about Claire. Uh, 
This moment <laughs> was so awful, but awesome at the same time. Because it's embarrassing, and she's embarrassing herself. And, you know, come on, keep it together. Other yeah. people go through this kind of stuff. It's not all about you. But at the same time, <laughs> the way she laid into Kirsten had the 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 surprise attack of paper towels <laughs> and then just wouldn't leave. And then it gets worse later in a different scene. Oh, my God. I, I was very pleased at how cringeworthy all that was. Oh, no. She's like a tornado for the rest of the scene because it, it goes on from there, from Ted actually having to take her out of there. And she's making this huge scene. It's Everyone just you know absolutely is, pathetic. I mean, and ridiculous. Everyone you know is going to die. And then she announces to the whole office that <laughs> Kirsten is a fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah. It is sort of awesome and awful at the same time. Uh, Lauren's remark on this was uh, that she felt bad yelling at this poor girl all day. <laughs> yeah. um, so David and Rico are doing uh, the intake with Holly and her mother Garland. And uh, the the is wanting uh, this, her son to look like who he was before the war. And Holly is pretty pissed about that, saying it's not real. And we find out that... Uh, the mother doesn't know how he killed himself. Like, you know, Holly's keeping it to herself. Um, so Ruth is worried about Maya's ears. They're driving along. So her and George are best buds now? Or they're not bad together, I hope. I, no, it I, looks more like George is pitching in and helping. But, okay. Uh, yeah. George is being a manipulative jerk. He's taking advantage of Ruth in a moment of weakness is what's going on. Yeah. And he keeps saying um, uh, antibiotics, and it was driving oh. me absolutely insane. And, you know, and then, oh, and then the worst, uh, he wanted to get her a uh, prophylactic round of antibiotics or antibiotic. antibiotics. Yeah. Oh, that drives me nuts. There's a reason why we have so many things that are resistant to antibiotics because people overuse them. Hmm. Are you in heaven right now? <laughs> birds chirping as you're talking. That's called the great outdoors. It's right outside my windows, which are open. Yeah, it's nice to know heaven isn't too far away. Close, closer to it every day. <laughs> Boy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, George has actually been doing some research online even to help out with my, uh, I kind of, my, my red flag went up <laughs> since I heard he was yeah. online again. Yeah, because that's what sent him like, well, I mean, that was the beginning of the last breakdown he had. Mm. He was doing a lot of online research and looking stuff. at the doomsday uh, yeah. clock or something. Hopefully that's not happening because he does in this whole episode seem very level-headed and like, you know, he's doing fine. He doesn't seem like even before when he was st starting to do all that research, you could see that he was definitely going down the rabbit hole. But mm -hmm. he doesn't seem that way in this episode, so hopefully not. Um, so David and Rico are escorting the Duncans out. And uh, we have this quick scene with Holly talking to David, how she'll never have another brother again. And then Rico 
after they the Duncans walk out, Rico asks David for a uh, sit down talk about the business. David's not ready for that. <laughs> so uh, if now David's when, not ready to be back at work. No. He's not. It's been six weeks. He should be on the path to you know functioning. He should be, but he's clearly not. So he needs help. Yeah. Neither is neither is Claire. The two of them are just like stuck, and it's just ridiculous. You would think that they would, you know, by now, six weeks later, they would start to, you know, be a little bit more okay and be able to function in the real world like the rest of the people who have losses do. Yeah, but <laughs> it fishers. Yeah, it this just hurts me this so much. The fishers. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we hear some uh, screams from outside, and someone else is acting very fisherly and having a drunken scream fit at this Holly Duncan and her, and her giant truck and her bumper sticker that's to support our troops, getting all in her face about how the war is over the gas she puts in her giant gas guzzler. Oh, Claire, well, Claire wasn't wrong on any of her points, but it wasn't appropriate. <laughs> May I add that Ted is the worst crowd control guy I have ever seen. It doesn't take much to pick up 60 pounds of hair and trench coat and put her in the house. What a half-assed attempt he kept making at, at wrangling her in. Like he was afraid to touch her. Not only him, but David, too. Both of yeah. them were, were just half-assing it. I noticed that, too. Oh, I don't know. It's back to Claire. Like when she was at the office ranting, I thought she was just embarrassing herself. But in this scene, uh, it was kind of cringeworthy. Like, yeah. you know, God, Claire, you, I don't care how drunk you are. You know what the business is. You know that likely any other car in the driveway is probably a family member of a deceased person. Like, really? So this is, oh, it's, it's it's like a reversion of Claire being back to being, you know. Jerk face asshole Claire. So. No, but she's worse even. Ugh. If it's humanly possible. She's got nothing left to lose, man. Oh she's got a lot left to lose. She just doesn't uh, notice, apparently. I know. Anyway, so she was she was like a little tornado. She was on a tear. Yeah. And apparently it was a really hot day when they did this and they ran through it about a hundred times. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, because, it's not many takes to get like Bitchy really? rant done? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, she said that she wanted to be drunk, act drunk and angry, but she didn't want to be like too brutal or too self indulgent, you know. And they had to just, they ran through it because, you know, there's all sorts of different emotions going on and all sorts of different things going on in that scene. So, um, if I were an actor, I would just drink. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they could have just Pick had. Holly, what's her name? Holly, the deceased mm-hmm. sister is Holly. Maybe if Holly just had a handy little pocket full of sodium pentobarb, they could have given just a small <laughs> dose to Claire, and that would have sedated her nicely. I thought for sure that she was going to punch Claire because yeah. you know that's what it looked like at first, but then she didn't. I was kind of hoping she would actually. <laughs> and Rico loses it, tells her to shut the hell up because her brother just died, which kind of quiets Claire down. And Ted's finally able to pull her inside. And it's funny, during the commentary, uh, Michael Seagal goes, okay, here's my turn. You, you just touched me with your bag. It's it's crazy tag. And Lauren's like, yes, trade the, tra- t- trade the tantrum. <laughs> so um, 
The Duncans are leaving, and Rico asks David yet again about the meeting. David gives him the keys and tells him to take the whole business, and then he goes inside. Rico flings the keys at the door. Um, apparently, Freddy Rodriguez broke three windows on that house that day when doing that scene. <laughs> He's not really a baseball player. <laughs> they really enjoyed throwing the keys, and they actually had gone almost five years without breaking anything on that house until that day. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, yeah, it's been six weeks, and... It is actually, I hate to side with Rico, but it's a reasonable request to want yeah. to know what's going to happen with the, you know, the disposition of this business and how are they going to work it out. That's not unreasonable. I agree with you. Why aren't you on David's side, Moira? Because <laughs> he's acting like a two-year-old, just like a sister. He just wants to be loved. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, <laughs> no, he doesn't. We'll get to the we'll get to that uh, pediatrician's office. We have George wondering why no one is returning his calls. <laughs> it's a joke here. Well, it's because it's you, George. <laughs> yeah, it's not them. It's you. They talk. Get a, have a nice uh, chat about how rude it is that you know these doctors are overbooking constantly. Welcome to American Pediatrics, guys. Moira, how often do you overbook? Be honest. Never. Do American doctors do it no, all never. the time. I'm, I'm seriously saying never. I book uh, slots. I have fit-in slots every day. I I don't book two people into the same time slot ever. Well, you know, I, we had a pediatrician once, and I found out that she was uh, booking two appointments every 15 – or two people every 15 minutes. Wow. And, yeah, and I always made morning appointments, you know, but if you went in the afternoon, and you'd be sitting forever. But I changed pediatricians because that was bullshit. Agreed. See, so my mind would be, I'm not the richest physician, but I'm on time. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Brenda shows up, and they have uh, a little bicker fest between Brenda and Ruth about how Brenda's going to be too busy with her newborn. She should, Maya should probably stay with her and George. And, uh, you know, Brenda doesn't make her case any better by saying, like, hey, Billy's going to be around to help out. Don't let me surprised. I thought Brenda would have just run away. <laughs> can, can I say, I, I, I'm happy. Okay, I should have said this earlier. When uh, Billy was helping Brenda with breakfast and all that stuff and finding Maya's um, medical history, I thought, oh, great, Maya's coming back. Good. That's, that's how it should be because mm-hmm. I still think Brenda is the mother figure. And so then in this scene when, yeah, she um, – as you say, it doesn't really make her case very well. Yeah. I think this is all okay. This is Ruth wanting Maya because Ruth needs a hobby, yep. and it's yeah. not really at all about the fact that you know, really, Brenda is the mother figure for Maya. So, oh, yep. why can't everybody's just being selfish for their own reasons? I thought the same thing. I was happy that Brenda came back, and um, I thought, you know, Ruth. <sighs> Ruth is just a little too past her prime. I don't think she'd do as good of a job um, as uh, Brenda would. And I was really hoping, you know, that she wouldn't try to take her. But then when Brenda was like, you know, fine, you keep her, I was like, what? I know. She's so wishy-washy about the whole thing. Oh, I was disappointed with that. I mean, I, I guess she's trying to do the right thing for Maya, but she needs to, you know, stop 
mm, I don't know, stop being so full of self-doubt. Commit. Well, and, and to be fair, to give Ruth credit, that's a pretty uh, big thing to just take over parenting this little child for like six straight weeks now. I mean, that's pretty yeah. damn generous of her. I have to yeah. give her credit. You know, that's pretty darn good grandma stuff. But the the goal, I still think, is to try to get Maya back to some sense of normal, you know? So. I, I agree. And, of course, I mean, Brenda clearly is not going to cut them out of Maya's life. She, no. So there would be plenty of sleepovers at Grandma's house, I'm sure. Um, you know, so I, I don't. I think that Brenda's definitely the better parent for uh, Maya. I think this was like the wrong time to talk about this stuff, and yeah. they really should have talked and communicated. And you know, Brenda. Well, you know, she talks more at the end of the episode about um, because Ruth just doesn't doesn't know anything. You know, it doesn't know why she had all this anger and ended up leaving Maya. I um, didn't even realize that Ruth didn't know. I mean, of course right. she didn't know because she wasn't there. But then I didn't think about the fact that no one probably told her. Yeah. But right. yeah, Brenda's full of this, like you said, self-doubt. Um, and Nate actually even shows up <laughs> saying <laughs> that uh, she's holding on to Maya as a way to get back at him. And uh, she's better with Ruth. And, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> so that's where she uh, tells George to keep her. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael C. Hall made a remark during this scene. He said, "This is the episode where everyone goes crazy, and the only crazy and the crazy person is actually the sanest." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talking yeah. about George, seriously, because <laughs> of George talking to Brenda during this. Um, and he also made a remark about Peter Krauss being a ghost now and that he and Richard Jenkins actually really bonded over having to show up at work being this ghost now, not actually a main character. So <laughs> well, maybe, <laughs> next, maybe next episode they'll both be there as ghosts. <laughs> hmm. um, so in the next scene, uh, Lauren Ambrose did say that she did a lot of peeing this day. Uh, because she's <laughs> guzzling all this water. <laughs> um, Ted won't give Claire the keys. She starts insulting him, tells him to go. She ends up like throwing water at him and telling him he looks stupid. <laughs> you know, poor Ted. I feel so bad for him because he is a, he is kind of a nice guy, and she was just abusing the hell out of him. She's the worst. <laughs> she well, just, I don't know. She imploded. That's what I made of my yeah. But... And then I got scared because after she boots him out, she finds keys, and I just went, "Oh no, shit!" Because I thought, "Oh god, here we go. She's going to get in a car crash." And she well, cracks I... a beer open too. I thought she, okay, she found her keys, and then the next scene it cut to Brenda, like, getting in the elevator. I was like, ooh, maybe there's going to be a car crash where uh, Claire runs into Brenda and kills them both. <laughs> All three of them. Yes. Oh, how dare you. <laughs> that would that would have been interesting, but I should have known that wouldn't happen. <laughs> yes, in the elevator, Brenda sees Nate again. Nate tells her that you should have married Billy. That was your soulmate. And Ew. you know what? It's not your fault. You were grown wrong. Just just take Billy and run away so you guys can be happy together. To Australia. <laughs> Nova Scotia. Ah, <laughs> uh, Nova Scotia. Land That's what of he said. incest, right, Moira? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, Nova right. Scotians. <laughs> Nova Scotians. <laughs> so apparently Brenda Brenda's been thinking about that kind of thing. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Uh, yeah, I do Can love I, this. I will ask, why 
well, not a real why, but it fascinates me that the Billy Brenda incestuous potential would come up now of all times because what Bre- Brenda has no one else to be a co-parent with her. So her mind is searching for options. Like she's really weak. she's weak know. and mentally fatigued. And you go because straight. I'll have sex well, with my brother. <laughs> maybe it took six weeks. He's the only one who never left or, you know, whatever, you know, harder like that, whatever. But it's a bit of a twist on looking for support. That's all I'm saying. Well, she knows that he loves her, you know. What happened at the end of the last episode? Everybody went away. She couldn't even give you a part of anything. And all of a sudden at the end of the episode, boom, there's Billy. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say, and, and six weeks now, gone. She's probably been exiled from the Fisher home this entire time, like exiled herself. I'm not saying she was. Exiled. Yes. Yes. And Billy's been there every second of every day. Every second. Yeah. Yep. Talking her, Ooh. talking to her, building loving her back up again, her. loving but it, her. But that sexy beard. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I love this line. Nate, Nate says, you only get one life. There's no God, no rules, except for those you accept or create for yourself. Then once it's over, it's over. Dreamless sleep forever and ever. So why not be happy while you're here? So, yeah. <laughs> YOLO So uh yeah I don't know what YOLO means but Oh um, it's so stupid It's a stupid new thing It's like carpe diem It's like you only live once It's an excuse that teenagers have these days For being the worst And doing horrible things Everyone knows you only live twice <laughs> David works <laughs> Um David is telling his family about the whole Rico drama. And, and Keith tells David that Rico has a right to have a talk with him. And that's when David kind of loses his crap with him. I need to be loved. Uh, and then he gets a claw up. hand. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Moira, psychosomatic, what's going on? Yes, completely psychosomatic. Talk about you're stressed and you're tense and then you get so tense you end up with a muscle spasm. That's what that was. But that is not a, well, it's not a typical psychosomatic thing, but that's what it was meant to represent, obviously. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Poor little David. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, David never really got his uh, therapy time to deal with red hoodie sweatshirt guy, did he? No, Jay. Red hooded sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we thought we thought he was all set with that. It's just now it's like the red hooded sweatshirt. It's not even it's not even Jake anymore. It's no. the red hooded sweatshirt. It's the it's a sweatshirt of anxiety. It's a yes of everything I can't control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Keith tells him he needs to relax. Hmm. Um. Outside the wine garden mortuary. Rico and Vanessa eat some fast food in the car outside, and Michael C. Hall muses with Lauren going, "Ah, in and out. That's what I miss most about L.A. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have me some in and out in January. Mm -hmm, Uh, Me too. Vegas, baby. Yeah. I might have some maybe this weekend. It's usually the time. (laughs) uh, (laughs) We were talking about that kind of in and out. Well, well, fast food. <laughs> Special delivery to Vermont. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they're contemplating buying this place and saying, you know, our lives should be ours, not the Fishers. Are you guys rooting for the Diaz's? Nope. No. Don't care about them. Don't like them. Don't care. 
hey, at least we got to see a scene where they weren't at each other's throats. They were on the same side. I didn't mind that too much. They're on oh, the same yeah. side being conniving. <laughs> now they're, yeah, now they're all buddy-buddy partner in crime kind of thing. <laughs> well, now, to be fair, <laughs> how is it conniving to start thinking about getting out of one establishment and buying your own? How is that conniving? <laughs> because because I, feel like, fishers. I feel like... Those are shorts. I feel like Rico would not... <laughs> You know, do it in a way that was, you know, um, in any way nice or, you know, like he'd just quit. That's it. He wouldn't tell um, David till the last minute. Perhaps. I'm just putting my my business lady hat on and going, well, you know, you do have kind of an unstable partner. Maybe it is time to look for greener pastures. (laughs) Right now? (laughs) Then I broke like three windows today. I better maybe start looking for a different job. No. <laughs> All right, so uh, Ruth and George are sitting over Maya's bed. Maya's got a fever, um, and they start talking about raising Maya. And you know, it just seems right. Oh, oh boo! Boo you for taking this poor, defenseless, ugly baby and making her the target of, of 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 your way of getting rid of grief. Boo! She's not as ugly as she used to be. Oh please! Or they are not as ugly. They grew into the like grew into you know the hair grew out and that helped I a lot. Disagree. That's all right. It's, you can do that. You're loud. <laughs> so Nate shows up again <laughs> here, and you thought you got rid of Nate. He's everywhere. Mm. Uh, Nate, uh, the omnipotent, uh, says to Ruth that he wouldn't want anyone else raising her. Uh, raising Maya, but 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 his mom and reminds her of a time when it was just him and Nathaniel and Ruth and not a care in the world or whatever. A care in the world. <laughs> um, Brenda and Billy are talking about how people in their lives fall away, and you know, no one understands. You know, only Billy like, gets her. Only oh. Billy. Gets. <laughs> Um, and of course, <laughs> the commentary is amazing because uh, they said they're like, "Is this is this a scene? No, no, not yet, not yet." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Claire uh, pulls up to the park where they buried Nate, and uh, we see the stone set on Nate's grave. And yes, the font is the same font they use for the opening deaths. Um, which is cool. Mm. I uh, like the stone. It was very not graveyardy, you know. Yeah, true. I mean, but yeah, very natural in keeping up with the the whole theme of it being a park kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and Nate shows up again, and uh, Claire tells him that she pushed him away, and he wanted to be here there there for her as like a father figure, and she shouldn't have done that. And Nate tells her to stop the static. Um. Everything is good. Oh, sorry. As I say, I liked uh, Claire's Nate. He reminded me of a lot of of Nate at the beginning of the show. Hmm. Very um, mellow, easygoing, you know, hippy-dippy kind of guy. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The Nate we haven't seen in, like, four seasons. Peter Krause really does a great job at playing all these different Nates. I love it. Um... 
yeah, so he's like, you know, hey, we gotta, um, everything's filled with a static, and if you listen to it too much, it messes with you. <laughs> and then Claire asks if he's high, and he's like, actually, I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Claire and Nate hear some growling from the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky it wasn't that mountain lion again. <laughs> and Nate, Nate takes the fuck off. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. See you later. later. <laughs> Claire, run. <laughs> Gone. And uh, we see something running out of the woods, and Claire takes off to her car. Ah! Probably a coyote or something. Mm. Don't they have those in the like mountains of uh, California? Um, no, I don't really know. Nobody. Okay. I didn't research this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exactly. They probably do. They they have uh, mountain lions. I imagine they have coyotes. Yeah, it looked more like a dog though than a cat. So mm-hmm. that's why. I... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looked dog-like. So maybe it was just a dog, somebody's dog that got out and was, yeah. you know, getting a little feral. Yeah, in the middle of a of a national forest or whatever that was. Yeah, it it got lost and now it's feral, or halfway there. Semi-feral. Yeah, semi-feral. Not Will Ferrell, though. Not Mia Ferrell. Oh. Not no. Mia Ferrell. Will Ferrell or no. Gary Ferrell. <laughs> um, <laughs> so as Brenda enters Billy's room, Lauren announces on the commentary, I got to leave the room. <laughs> uh, Can I go with you? <laughs> yes, me too. And I saw it coming and I didn't want it to happen. I was like, no, no, no. I just saw it as an opportunity to go all up on Twitter and talk about how I don't like where this is going. <laughs> yeah, I know. I posted on Twitter. I was like, no, Brenda, don't touch it. Ew. <laughs> I was, ooh, please, no Billy love. <laughs> I, I, I got to say, I, I mean, I messaged Moira because I know she has the DVDs. But, you know, if you ever get a chance to look at look, watch the DVDs, check out the commentary, at least with this scene. Because, you know, Michael C. Hall starts talking about, you know, hey, this this is a... This is a scene that plays with you, you know, this is, you know, you sickos think, shame on you for thinking that. And then he's like, they're like trying to make conversation. He's like, should we, should we keep talking? Um, I love this set. Uh, the butterfly <laughs> curtains in the background. I just love really how beautifully they play this. Uh, and then they start talking about how like Rachel Griffiths is really pregnant and how wonderful it is to have, um, uh, to be able to catch this on video and, what what's her child going to think when she goes back and she has this record of her mom being this pregnant? Like, what, how how old would Rachel's uh, kid be uh, before she showed that showed you know the child this scene? <laughs> it's like, would she ever show it? <laughs> well, this is not Michael C. Hall's last time that he deals with incest in his shows. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, so as the scene is, uh, Brenda comes into Billy's room. He says she's beautiful, and she gives him a kiss. Ugh. They uh, snuggle, and she tells him that she loves him. They Those crazy him. Lannisters. Uh, and just for the record this is the second of the grossest things they do on television that I grosses me out and freaks me out so bad we're keeping track amputees, incest, I wonder what the third one is Mm. Uh, we might find out next episode (laughs) Um, so yeah uh, Billy asks if he can if he can hold her (laughs) 
She says, okay. He pulls the covers off, and he's completely naked. And, and dude, I didn't realize. <laughs> Sorry. And, Don't uh, do it. It's very, it's very awake, it is. <laughs> That's what your penis would look like if you were a boy. <laughs> That's Seriously? Hilarious my, line My favorite ever. line. <laughs> now what I want to know is, how did they get a hold of my diary? <laughs> <laughs> and that line just makes it even more incesty and grossy. <laughs> it does. It does. I thought this was awesome. It was hilarious. No. Oh, yeah, it's funny. I really wish I could have been in the room with you guys because <laughs> with my wife it was hysterical. She's like, no, no. I, I, I kept looking away. No, don't. Nah. And then I, I had to look back. Oh, oh, oh she's going to touch it. Oh. Yeah, there was a lot of yelling at my house, yelling at the TV. Oh, so yeah, it was all a dream. <laughs> Still, okay. It was all a dream. It wasn't real. That's a small blessing, but the fact that, yeah, the fact that it was her dream, you know. Okay, look, I have never, ever dreamt about my brother in that way. <laughs> I was pregnant twice, and I never had a, you know, crazy sex dream about my brother. Oh, that's just the grossest. If I ever did, I think I would have to immediately step in front of a bus because it's just so gross. <laughs> I can't say that um, I've ever had an incestual dream before, but I've definitely had some really messed up dreams where I'm like, what the hell is in my brain? So I, I can't say you can condemn everybody that, that anybody who has an incestual dream should step in front of a bus. <laughs> well, clearly, clearly, though, she is um, not totally against it. What with the Nate conversation and which was all in her head and then the dream, you know, it's obviously on her mind in a oh, way. I, wait a minute. I wouldn't interpret it that way. I think you could interpret it more like she has a fear that that's some kind of secret desire and she doesn't know what to do with that and it terrifies her and it's just disgusting. So that's why she then kicks him out. I, I don't know. I think it's more of a, she has a secret desire. She doesn't want to have a secret desire, but she does. And she kicks him out because she doesn't want anything to happen with this secret desire. I think when she wakes up, the look on her face is like, I have to get my shit together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's hit rock bottom almost. Ugh. So meanwhile, Claire is hitting rock bottom by uh, flipping her hearse. Uh, oh, I was like, is she going to die? And they played with us. It's, it actually faded to white. To white, I know. <laughs> I know. Bastards. Uh, it should have. And but we kept, we, it keeps playing with us, too. Cause it, George... it keeps teasing who they're going to kill next, doesn't it? Really. Yeah. really you know, will Ruth, Ruth get eaten by a cougar? Will Claire have a drunken crash? I hope, will David I hope implode? Ruth and uh, George get stuck in an elevator and George decides the only way he'll survive is by eating Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope it's uh, I hope it's Ruth too, but uh, I don't know. After this episode, I kind of hoped it was Claire and David together. Aww, they were the worst. <laughs> uh, and George is reading his horoscope to to Maya. Is he uh, a Gemini? Because I'm a Gemini. <laughs> I'm a Gemini too. Yeah, awesome. All the crazies Gemini. are Gemini. What did you say? All the crazies are Gemini. <laughs> True that. <laughs> Ruth is very worried, doesn't know where Claire is, and does not like not knowing where Claire is. Um, and oh, I can't really say I blame her. 
Yeah. <laughs> Last time she didn't know what was going on, somebody died. So mm. fair enough. But um, George did make some very sane, valid, you know, arguments. <laughs> mm-hmm. George acting sane again. Yes, crazy. <laughs> um, David's walking the boys into school, and uh, he does a little bit of a overshare with them. <laughs> yes, yes, He's he like, does. Okay. <gasps> You can let us go now. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Um, and uh, yeah, so David turns and sees uh, a red hoodie driving a dark blue Nissan. And he goes to the crossing guard and the crossing guard's like, uh, that car's black, actually. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Dark blue looks black. The cars, it's like hard, the dark blue and black. It looked to... black to me. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Michael C. Hall did say that it was a, a fun morning shoot at this school and that three different third graders came up to him and said it was really nice to meet him. They were fans of the show. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Talk about worst parents ever. <laughs> oh, and uh, the Crossing Guards played by Fred Fine, who was James Cromwell's stand-in for the show. They're mm-hmm. getting all their stand-ins uh, some work as the series runs out. Yeah, That's nice. So, Billy is sad. <laughs> Brenda's asking him to move out. <laughs> Poor Billy. Yeah. <laughs> so. I felt kind of bad for him because it did seem, like, really, like, kind of abrupt and, like, you know, he didn't know what was going on. hmm Yeah. I had a dream where I slept with you. <laughs> um... But, you know, it's just it's not like it's forever. It's You can be over here 18 hours a day. You just can't live here. Um, and she'll definitely need his help. It's time to get my shit together. And we see Claire hobbling down the road with a cell phone with no signal. And uh, finally a truck pulls up. She's very happy. Uh, and then we have a freaky embalming scene. <laughs> Well, no, it's still the same amputee fear. Uh, Amputations are like my biggest fear in the whole wide world. David actually has to shut, shut his eyes and say, this is not happening. And um, Paul tells him that he's going to die just like everyone else. And he's more scared than he's ever been. You're going to just be alive and alone. And in the next scene, do you, does anybody want to talk about this scene at all? Refresh my memory. Which scene was it? I'll just say one word. Maggie. Oh, <laughs> oh thank yeah. goodness. See you, Maggie. Don't let the Maggie, door hit you on the Maggie halfway Maggie says what uh, ferrets and clownfish everywhere say, I hate you, to their father. Uh, yeah, except George probably deserved that. So. Yeah, but you know what? It just seemed like... Um, she never had a, seemed to have a problem with that kind of stuff before, you know? Mm-hmm. So it just seemed like odd that she was bringing that up. I mean, was she that affected by... I don't know. Is it supposed to make us think uh, she sees the Fisher family as a family and realizes she never had that? Like, I don't know. Because you know how she's at the graveside and we're all mm-hmm. saying, why are you there? Because she has yeah. no other family. It's, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. no yeah. other family where she feels she has support anyway. Because dear knows George isn't support. But she so, was taking care weird. of him and, yes, you know, she has. just... 
seemed like she was past any things, you know, any, any resentment. Past. Yes, it seemed yeah. that way to me, apparently. Yeah, is that, well, it did seem to kind of come out of nowhere, given that she's been checking up on him for what seems to be her entire adult life. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I felt this kind of strange uh, turn of events as last time we see her, she is you know, comforting and being comforted by the Fishers and, you know, Brenda's getting the short end of the stick. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, I've ruined these people. I've ruined myself in front of them. And and now I'm suddenly still mad at you because you left us out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if they gave any sort of hint to that. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They I mean, they, they mentioned a little bit when they first introduced her, but that's it. I mean, so maybe, you know, maybe there's a kernel of truth to it, and maybe on some level he deserves to have a good talking to. I don't know, but it just seems like it's a bit of a non sequitur in the context of the show. Yeah. 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 I think it's more of a writer writer's going, I don't know what to do with this character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah um, David is arguing with his kids as he's driving them from school home early. <sighs> and... Uh, in that in that scene, David is totally being a kid himself. Mm-hmm. I just oh, that drives me crazy when parents do that. Oh. Yeah. You know what? You're the parent; they're the kid. Someone has to take the high road. It's mm-hmm. not going to be them. Kind of has to be you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in the commentary, Michael C. Hall is like, "Wait for my favorite line. My favorite line delivery right here." And all of a sudden, Darrell went, "Did something happen to Keith?" He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "There it is." <laughs> <laughs> Just the way he says it, I don't know. It was really funny. Um, so yeah, he's uh, uh, he's he's taking the day off as well because Rico's freaking out. The body is not ready. <laughs> Apparently, he just, he just left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Between David and Claire, it's hard to tell who is the worst in this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Rico uh, tries calling David. He's not answering his phone. And so he calls Vanessa. Um, back out on the dirt road where Claire flipped the hearse, um, this old guy is assessing the car. She, she, and, uh, she and him are arguing over the price. And uh, as they get ready to turn it over and tow it, she starts weeping, and we all do. Uh, you know, how long has she driven that car? I mean, how long before we, you know, the show began was she driving that car? I think it's since just, she was like 16, since she had her license, yeah, right? Yeah, it's just kind of sad because that's a long time. I mean, yeah. like what? And it's probably been years? in the family for years, given how yeah. like old it is. But, you know, I, I think that. We didn't get a, like a, you know, uh, death. Thing for the car didn't say like you know someone said that oh, that's, that's, that's awesome oh, that's a good idea r.i.p the green hearse yeah <laughs> it's been in the show the whole time Aww. yes it's sad it's a, to let it go it's a, a stalwart character it always performs when needed <laughs> yeah it's just like when the house blew up it was sad <laughs> yeah. such is such a great symbol of the show it's it really was sad to see it flipped over like that yeah. Um, in the next scene, Vanessa sits with Holly Duncan and says, you know, this is a, Holly's saying, you know, this is a terrible time to live through. I always thought it was going to be great. But um, and then Vanessa sit, starts talking about she's reminded of her kids and how uh, she's not going to tell them that, you know, it's all terrible. It's like there's still a lot of beautiful things that they have mm-hmm. yet to see. 
I guess Vanessa could just easily get off work. I mean, you know, I guess her job's not that important, you know, being a nurse. You could just go whenever you want. I think, I think, uh, She's probably kept the job down just fine, and then you know re- he realized her husband was having an emergency, and had. I mean, why are we talking about this? <laughs> I don't know. I was just. It just seemed odd that she was able to go so easily. How about but the fact I that uh, Vanessa that, is doing a, a damn good job here? I yeah, I was gonna say I think that if they do do their own um, funeral service with a little like training, she would be a really good like. Uh, grief counselor, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's, she's she's very empathetic. Yeah. Um, Brenda and Ruth are arguing over Maya uh, in the kitchen, and mm. uh, you know, and George takes Maya away to go get her packed up, and Ruth says she's still holding. It seems that she's still holding a grudge because she left Maya. And uh, Brenda tells Ruth that Nate had sex with Maggie the night before he died, and she needed time to work through her anger. And uh, she says that she loves Maya as much as her own baby. And then the water breaks. No! Uh, there we go. That, yeah, that's too early. Two months too early. That's not good. Nah, you know, these days, kids do pretty well. Yeah, they do. It's amazing. They can, but, you know, she already had a lot stacked against her medically for that baby. Doesn't need any more issues. Ah, the baby's going to be fine. I don't know. See, this is what I was thinking we'd see at the end of this episode. The third thing I thought we were going to see is one of those really gross, like, animatronic robot um, (laughs) babies, (laughs) premature babies that look so freaky and gross, and they creep me out so bad. Is that the third thing? Yes, but we didn't see it, thank goodness. Unfortunately, we probably will next time. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I don't want to. Or the baby is stillborn, and then we have more drama. And then we'll <sighs> still see one of those dolls, but it just won't move. <laughs> I don't... Spoilers. We're not at the end yet. Uh... Close enough. <laughs> All we What's have more... left is a little cushion. <laughs> For the cushion? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yeah. Here's a more important topic. Are, uh, silent movies gay? Uh, <laughs> what exactly like is gay, other... Robin? <laughs> yeah. Do you like other silent movies? Maybe they uh, are. Darrell. So simple. He's just like, what exactly is gay? Silent movies. Great <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> thinker. And so, all of a sudden, David hears a banging at the door. The red hoodie breaks in and stabs Darrell, and um, David David screams at him to stop. And uh, it he turns his head and it's Nate. He says they're gonna die anyway. That was awesome. <sighs> I'm glad it was Nate and not like Jake. Not Michael Weston again. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because you know we keeps them kidnapping school kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this means. I think I think the, the you know the writers don't want us to think that you know this is not this is not just Jake. This is not his incident with Jake anymore. This is bigger. So that's good. 
Um, but apparently David like shut down and all, and all of a sudden it comes to, and the kids are trying to like, you know, Hey, the, the, the smoke alarm's going off. Pizza's burning. Um, Darrell goes to take care of it. Anthony worries that he upset David. (laughs) David says, it's not always about you. (laughs) (laughs) He said that wrong, but it's okay. And Keith comes out of nowhere, <laughs> wonders what the hell is wrong with David. Um, so uh, Rico tells his boys how proud he is of their mother. Uh, she's so good. She took care of it. She's good. Wait a second. Good. When was Rico played by Barney Rubble? I'm a bubble. Hey, buddy. <laughs> no. um, and Vanessa says it felt good to be there for people. And uh, Rico invites Vanessa to go check out Wine Garden Mortuary with him. Maybe they've got to check that place out again. They're probably just going to go there to have sex. (gasps) (laughs) We didn't make that mess. It was was the leak in the basement. Ew. 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 Yeah, ew. (sighs) David confides in Keith that as hard as he tries to keep his face on, it just keeps coming off. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> well, you know, you have two faces, right? Your public face and your inner face of oh, turmoil. Like his, his mask, you mean? Like, yes. Right. right. Oh, oh my God. God. So yes. inside he's crazy is what he's saying. Inside he's crazy and acts like a child, but he puts on the mask for other people. <laughs> and he's not. I believe yes. that was a cuckoo noise. That was uh, a cuckoo noise. <laughs> um, so Did you make a cuckoo noise? <laughs> no, I didn't make a cuckoo noise. So Keith tells David <laughs> that he needs to go away for a little while until he gets better. Oh, man. Where is he setting him? Well, wherever they had George, oh. that probably has a bad opening. <laughs> oh, they're going to electroshock David. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> or maybe they'll send him to Ruth. She needs a new project now that Maya's gone. That's true, yes, and she knows yes. how to do deal with post ECG yes. people. It's, but uh, it's technically wrong people. therapy for his condition. But hey, <laughs> oh, I, I <yes>. quibble. <laughs> he, he needs some therapy. He needs to talk to someone big time. He does. Mm-hmm. Michael C. Hall remarked in the scene that he is really thankful for Matthew St. Patrick, the guy who plays Keith. Um we should know that by now. They had really good chemistry in the auditions when they first auditioned in New York together for the show. And he always th- always thankful that um, Matthew always smelled good and he had really great breath. <laughs> <laughs> what did Matthew say about... Uh, David uh, C. Hall. Yeah, Michael C. Hall. <laughs> David C. Hall. <laughs> David, David C. Hall, Michael C. Hall. I, don't, I didn't hear a commentary with Matthew St. Patrick, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody got snubbed. <laughs> to be fair, there was none with uh, Peter Krause either, which I would have loved to hear at least one with him in it. Maybe the maybe the episode where he's swatting at that bird that would have been great to hear talk about that. Yeah, he proved he was a dick. <laughs> so the strings of arcade fire begin, and we find out in the commentary that this is uh, Lord Ambrose's favorite band, and that they recorded this song "Cold Wind" for the show. Uh, Canadian band. Montreal yes. band. We know what they are. They're overrated hipsters. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, they got too much exposure. <laughs> no, they're overrated hipsters. 
I like mm-hmm. a few of their songs. I can't. I've tried to sit down and listen to an album. It's just not for me. You want to hear a great Montreal band? Go get Brand Van Three Thousand. Okay. I don't. Well, check them out, everybody. Uh, <laughs> okay. I do like this song. I love how it goes with the scene. Um, and uh, as we go into uh, Ruth helping Brenda, as Brenda is pushing that baby out, and we see. Nate standing there watching very concerned and uh, she's really scared that the baby's not okay and she pushes and she pushes and we fade to white son of a bitch yeah (laughs) that was a good delivery face I like it when they're doing TV deliveries and the woman really looks kind of the way you look in real life Mm-hmm. Yes, with not all made up and the hair's mm-hmm. mess and they're sweaty and they look like they're actually in pain, not just like who who done, you know? Mm-hmm. Ugh, that irks mm-hmm. me. <laughs> More about that next episode. Uh <laughs> you guys have anything to say at the end of this before we get into Fisher Leak? <sighs> no, other than the I was thinking did not do you. it for me. Damn you. Just tell us what happened to the baby. That's all. Yeah. I, I hope the baby's okay. Me too. I, I don't hope care. the baby I hope the baby is like healthy in every way because you know, Brenda already has Maya. She doesn't need a baby with any kind of disabilities or, you know, mental uh, delay de- developmental delays or anything like that. If they Brenda's- did that in the last episode, I think I'd just be pissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brenda's gonna I think go I crazy. The baby's going to be, uh, you know, fine, but she's still going to go crazy. She's still going to lose it. Uh, there's only one episode left, so I don't think they'll have enough time for, what's it called, Munchausen syndrome? Mm-hmm. Munchausen yeah. by proxy. Yeah. So they're probably not going to do that, but, you know, she's 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 going to go a little, a little loco. I think they're all going to end up quite loco. Uh, yeah, this would be a good time for some predictions if you guys would like to. Ooh, predictions. So, Larry, is, hey, they all go crazy. Is there anything you want to add to that? Or? Uh, Rico and Vanessa uh, buy a funeral home. It's a disaster. See, I hope they do the finale like we get to see a little bit past the <laughs> penultimate and then we go into the future and see how everybody did. And so I think they buy that funeral home and they go bankrupt and uh, they're divorced. Ruth and George remarry. Ah! No. Yeah, again, but this time, he dumped her. <gasps> because oh, he's God. like that. <laughs> any any other predictions? Des, do you got anything? Um, I'm hoping that there'll be, like, a bit of a time jump. I mean, like, it doesn't have to be. I don't want, like, an epilogue at the end of the show. I don't want, like, oh, two years later, here's how everybody's doing. No, I don't want that. I just want (laughs) kind of, like, between the episode we just watched and the next episode, there could be a few weeks, you know. And uh, Are you against a season-long epilogue? Um... Like lost. Uh, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Oh, I, very much so. But um, I, you I, wanted like an Animal House style ending, where like I puts text it. text across. Well, they ended like saying they yeah. they put text. They across freeze the frame. <laughs> they should totally do that. Freeze frame on Brenda. Tell us what happened to her. Freeze frame on, <laughs> yes. on there. Tell us. Oh, that would be fantastic. I love those. 
stars. Rico <laughs> leaping there, cheering. It freezes. <laughs> Rico got hit by a bus two days later. <laughs> I'm still thinking. Uh, they did that in. Um, they did that in. Um, oh crap! What was that? Um, sh- that they movie with they Lauren Ambrose in it. What? Seth Green and um, uh, shit. The one can't where hardly wait. Can't hardly wait. Yes, they did, and they had they had like about four or five epilogues <laughs> for uh, Lauren Ambrose's character. Um, I still think that they may kill off Ruth, just because to me it's it's very um, fitting. Bookendy. With the beginning of the series, dad dying, the end of the series, mom dying. Because, you know, I mean, she's older and everything. Got to go sometime. Why not now? But, um, yeah, I'd like to see a little bit of a time jump. Not a lot, but just a little bit to see, you know, um, uh, them, like David having a little bit of therapy under his belt and Brenda's baby not being one of those premature animatronic dolls. Um, <laughs> wanted to be played by a three-month-old. That'll work for me, even if it's supposed to be a six-week-old. I'm okay with that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's really—I don't really know. I just have no idea. I, I'm worried that I'm going to be disappointed because mm. people have hyped up the end of the show so much that if something truly spectacular doesn't happen, then I'm going to be extremely disappointed. I mean, majorly spectacular. Des, let me just tell you right now, it actually really fucking sucks. Okay. (laughs) It's horrible. It is horrible. Okay. All right. Well, then it's got all, you know, (laughs) it's, it's got lots of room to do whatever it wants to do. (laughs) That's what she said. Yeah. Moira, we haven't heard from you yet. What What are your predictions, thoughts? Can I just not have any? <laughs> I, I didn't, I, well, I didn't really believe that George and what's her name would get together. I, I do think no, I do think that uh, Rico and Vanessa will leave and get their own funeral home because that's where that's obviously headed. Me too. I wonder if Claire might. God, I keep, I keep wanting our wonderful, lovely redheaded goddess to. Snap out of it, you know. So I would, I would like, like her to snap out of it. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Whack snap out of it. I know. Just get Cher to whack her once in the face, and she'll be fine. Olympia Dukakis, right? No, it was Cher that snapped. It was out Cher. Of it. it was Cher hitting Nick, Nick Cage. Um, so I would like to see her snap out of it and just take a breath and and yes, embrace living. You know, you only have one shot at it, there, girl. Do it right. Um, what else? I don't think Brenda's going to go cuckoo. I think the baby will be okay. Mm-hmm. But I, beyond that, it's, it's odd. I don't, ugh, I don't really know what I see Brenda doing. I think I would like to see Brenda just devoting herself to being a mom and a therapist without all the drama. Ugh. Anyway. All right. Boring predictions. I know. Very no, boring. it's great. It's great. <laughs> I love it. Okay, going into we're not gonna we're not doing promos, so we're gonna go right into Fisher of the Week right now. Boom, we're here. Look at Fisher of the Week. Oh, okay, I'll that go. was a really good promo. Yeah, <laughs> check that show out. Uh, no, can I go? Because I only have one possible one for me, and that's Keith. Keith, okay. Keith, Keith. Um, because he was a voice of reason, you know, good boyfriend, being supportive, but knew when to draw the line and tell David, "Look, at, buddy, you need out of here. You need to go get some help." So. I'll go next. Okay. Um, um, 
if you were going for worst pitcher of the week, it would be David and Claire in a tie. But since it's not worst, then uh, definitely Keith. Uh, I agree with Moira. He was the voice of reason. And um, he was the only character that wasn't totally annoying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Illyria. I'm going to go outside the box, and I'm not going to take any guff from anybody. The hearse. <laughs> Oh. I'm gonna play I, a little taps there. You are dead. You are dead. You are dead. Very dead. You are dead. You are dead. So so dead. You are dead. We'll miss you, Green Hearse. Always in our hearts. Always in our hearts, Greenhurst. Never forget. We'll never get tired of you. You never exhausted us. <laughs> <laughs> we were the engine that drove us. <sighs> Dumb. Uh, I'm giving Fisher of the Week to Brenda because Brenda, had, even though she had this very, very twisted dream, decided to get her shit together. And uh, go go uh, go talk to Bruce and actually about my baby and be wishy washy a little bit. (laughs) She told her what was it? Well, the second time she Mm. told her what was up, what what her deal was, and um, I'm 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 seeing a little bit of uh, of maturing now. Like you keep saying that about Brenda, I do, but it's all been a big tease. <laughs> uh, I think what he means is in the final episode, it'll be twenty years later, so she'll actually be technically more mature. <laughs> Maybe the giant flash forward. Who knows? <laughs> hey, Robin. Oh, I forgot, to make, get... I forgot to make my predictions. Yeah, uh, I was going to just ask you if you wanted to make your predictions for the finale. Uh, I can't wait to talk about it. And uh, I watched it twice this past weekend, uh, and I cried both times, oh, like Lord. like a baby. I have a prediction that I know will come true. Robin will play that little thing we recorded, he and I, <laughs> about my theory and potential spoiler. Okay. All right. Um, I want to say something, something, too, before we move on, but um, I was reading my Entertainment Weekly from, like, last week. Totally and spoiled it had yourself. L- what? You totally spoiled yourself. No, 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 no. You have to leave I the didn't. Show. I didn't, trust me. It has a little page, and it's like, you may recognize Chris Messina from... Almost everything. And then it just says in here, you may also know him from Six Feet Under, blah, blah, blah. That's all it says about Six Feet Under. I was a little worried, but I read it carefully. But then at the uh, the last thing is um, it, it has a bunch of like newer movies and TV shows he's in these days. Uh, and one of them is called The Trouble with Bliss. Uh, in theaters this past March, the offbeat dramedy features Messina as the showy pal of a guy whose life is unraveling. The guy is played by Michael C. Hall. No way, that's awesome. Yeah. So I just thought that was a, a fun little um, bit of, you know, trivia of them starring in something again. Yeah. And he's going to be in the Vagina Project this fall. Yes. yes. <laughs> vaginas with teeth or just regular vaginas? <laughs> regular. I was clarifying. Just regular. Vagina dentata. <laughs> There was a woman. Uh, there's a roller derby rink in Kingston, and this I saw some pictures online. And one of the one of the roller derby girls, that was her uh, like her derby name. 
Vagina dentata. Nice. Nice. All right, we have some feedback here, some listener Uh, eulogies. Can I just, before we do that one, uh, just like two minutes ago on Facebook, Hmm. we got a little comment that I wanted to read. It's cute. Oh, cool. Go ahead. It's from Susan Monk, and it says, I was listening to the latest episode of Watchers of Anarchy, and someone wrote to them, and in her letter, she said how wonderful FisherCast is. (gasps) I agree. Thanks for making a great show, even more fun to rewatch. Can't believe it's almost over. Aw. Watchers of Anarchy. I assume that's for Sons of Anarchy. Is it a podcast? I guess. I, guess. I don't know. I never oh, someone a... needs to guest well, on it now. Yeah, definitely. I'll be checking <laughs> <Probably>. that out. <laughs> Riding anyway. through this world. That's I know cool. the song. All alone. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, do we want to get to our voicemail first, or do we want to read some? Why don't we read whatever came in in order, maybe? Sure. Should we? Could we? So the first one is from Tammy. Tammy! And uh, who wants to read Tammy's? I can I'll read, read Tammy's. It. Okay, go ahead. Aw, FisherCast! This podcast is almost over. Sad face. Aww. Did any carnival watchers think the opening guy that died was management? <laughs> <laughs> they could have gotten an actual triple MPT actor! Speaking of podcasts that are over. Aww. Yay for a time jump. I knew the Fishers would still be upset over Nate's death, but I don't remember them even being this upset over Nate Sr. dying. (laughs) Seriously. Some other thoughts. I'm glad Keith is taking the boys away. David really cannot handle the pressures of parenting right now. He needs to deal with his stress. Speaking of not dealing, Claire is a hot mess. (laughs) I understand being upset or depressed, but I kind of just want to beat some common sense into her. I was so sad to see the death of the green hearse. And then I was mad at Claire for ruining that car. Okay, now let's talk about the elephant in the room, a.k.a. Billy's penis. Is his penis that big? (laughs) WTF! Even as a dream, that scene was gross! Did anything even happen in this episode after the scene? I had my head buried in my pillow, screaming and just being generally disturbed. Dan finally told me it was safe to continue watching. I almost threw something at my precious TV. (laughs) Okay. So I guess the other big thing was the scene with Brenda and Ruth at the end. Wait, wait. The other big thing? Like besides Billy's penis? Like Billy's penis. Yes. Billy's penis is huge, Robin. That's what you told me anyway. (laughs) I did not see that coming at all. I mean, I knew Brenda would eventually tell Ruth about Nate and Maggie. But didn't expect her to go into labor. Um, I was glad to see Ruth by her side, though. Yay! Due to that ending, I have no clue what is going to happen in the last episode. Going to queue it up now. Listen to you guys soon. <laughs> Thank you, Tammy. Tammy! <laughs> okay, and we have something from Yvette. Can I read that one? Yeah. Short and sweet. From Yvette says, uh, this is feedback for Static Do Not Read if you have not watched. Thank you. Okay. Did y'all notice Billy's surf Saudi shirt? No. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. George and Ruth together again? What does it mean that Ghost Nate is haunting, or sorry, taunting Brenda about wanting to bone Billy? (laughs) What does Brenda's dream mean? Is this really what Brenda wants? Where would Maya be better off? Can't believe the end is almost here. Yvette. Yeah, I think we talked mm. about what we thought the dream was about, and 
obviously made some wild accusations of what the dream could be about, but also, what, I don't know. It's about a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> She's been wanting to smoke one for eight months. <sighs> so, <laughs> um, we also have, you want to do the voicemail now? Because that's, sure. that's an order. All righty, here we go. Okay. Hi, Fisher Cast. This Hello! is... I have some feedback for the episode Static. Um, just keeping it short, um, uh, I I didn't really like this episode very much. Um, the fishers all have uh, serious problems uh, now, still six weeks after Nate's death. Uh, I think it's realistic that they have problems still but it was a bit much in this episode everyone was so screwed up uh, and um, the main reason why I didn't like it very much was the certain dream sequence uh, that we had <laughs> stop it stop it stop it Okay, um, thank God that was a dream sequence because that grossed me out so much. Ah, uh, I didn't need to see that. They don't do that in Iceland? Uh, no. <laughs> She's no in way. Finland. She's in Finland? No uh, Sweden. Sweet. Oh, shit. But seriously, come on. Is she talking to me right now? Uh, yeah. Um, Whoa. One thing. <laughs> That was good. It was smagging and leaving. Um, Agreed. And of course, at the end, Brenda's water broke because this is TV and every birth has to start with uh, water breaking. <laughs> Don't tell me about it. With uh, contractions like uh, most normal birth. <laughs> birth in real life, <laughs> at least mine. Not mine. So uh, I'll be back with. Uh, more feedback for the last episode, the series finale. Um, looking forward to that. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. I know it's wrong. Ina's from Norway. I get confused because wow. Steph wants to move to... I thought Why she did I say Sweden. Finland? I meant Norway. No. I know where she's from. <laughs> Why did I say Iceland? Because yeah, I know I she's Norway. from Norway. <laughs> Moira was correct. Give her a prize. You guys sound awful. Oh, no. I agree with you, Ina. You know, it was cringeworthy, that scene. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. The yeah, worst. I, I'm sorry. My comments were cringeworthy as well. And you can mistake me for being from Minnesota if you'd like. It's fine. <laughs> Just don't mistake him as being from Canada. Yeah, please don't because, you know. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> um, boo, Des, boo. <laughs> uh... Can I read Matt's? Yeah, read. What's that all about? <laughs> all right. Uh, Matt says, hey, 3.25 GPA. Uh, what? what? Uh, my GPA is 3.5 something. Thank you very much, too, Matt. It's not even oh, maybe, maybe one of the two of you guys, one of the three of you guys are bringing my GPA down. Is that what it is? <laughs> I'm so confused by that. Hopefully he'll yeah. email back for the finale and let us know what he meant by that. Yeah, because I What do you get been... if you have an A and a D? Um, Is that a 3.25? No. I don't know. Never mind. 
Um, but there's no R and there's no M, so that doesn't help. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, penultimate <laughs> episode time, and everything is coming to a head. Unfortunately for Dez, they aren't over Nate's death. But would you really expect them to be? Uh, no, but six weeks. Come on. Uh, stray thoughts. Hey, ex Mrs. Michael C. Hall and that guy from the Chicago Code. <laughs> As if the show couldn't be more of a buzzkill, how about the death of the week be a 22-year-old triple amputee Iraqi, Iraq vet who kills himself? <laughs> it is pretty terrible. Yes. Uh, hot mess Claire always... Or hot mess Claire makes me pine for the days of pretentious dim-wet Claire. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I like hot mess yeah, Claire. I'm kind I, of... I don't. She's the I'm going to go drink with her. Get <sighs> wild. Go wild and out. Uh, I mentioned this in probably the first piece of feedback I ever gave, but during the scene where George and Ruth are out driving, they never stop, change speed, or turn ever. Is every destination in L.A. a straight line? Yes. <laughs> Long coast. With no traffic. Um, I'm not a relationship expert, but when incest is a step up from your usual relationships, maybe you need to reevaluate things. <laughs> Good point. No death card for Claire's car, but instead a Fade to white, fake out. What an outrage. I, I knew somebody I, mentioned that. <laughs> That's awesome. Did the police come to this accident? I'm pretty sure a car turned upside down may warrant a squad car. Then again, maybe they didn't want to have a Claire getting a DUI subplot in the final episodes. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> that would not be fun. Uh, <laughs> Keith is really stepping up, and he's right to do so. David clearly needs serious help to cope with his grief slash PTSD from his wild ride. When Claire and, and, quote, Nate, end quote, are talking at the gravesite, she sounds a lot like Ruth. I didn't notice that. Yeah. There's a lot more I could say, but it's finale-related. Re- uh, Fisher of the Week, I'm going to give to Keith. He's got a lot to deal with with David's issues, and he's doing the right thing by telling David he needs help. I'm giving this one eight out of ten spare keys. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Thanks for... All the feedback you've given us, and we look forward to your finale feedback. Yes. We look forward to everybody's finale feedback. And where the hell were you this week, Brad? Brad's Brad's gone bye-bye. Uh, He's too busy in Baywatch Nights. <laughs> He's in Baywatch Nights territory. <laughs> you know? Hey, Six Feet Under Nights is coming soon. It's, Everyone's it's, back. <laughs> He's going to the Everyone's Nights back. Network. Oh, the Nights Network is The Ramjack Nights Network. <laughs> Oh, there's that promo. Ramjack Podcast. Check it out. Even though he's forgotten us. Aww. Why have you forsaken us? <laughs> it's gotten less and less since Illyrio's been here, so I don't know. If... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, our last rites, our final thoughts on this penultimate episode and the ratings. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll go. Okay. Uh, I seem to be the only one that didn't have a huge problem with the incest storyline. Um, it's fiction, you know. And uh, Targaryens used to marry brother and sister all the time. I don't know what the big deal here is. So I'm going to give this a good eight and a half out of ten Billy's penises. Billy's dragons? <laughs> no. Penises. Oh, okay. Billy's elephant penises. <laughs> Ladies, 
All right, I'll go. Um, yeah, this, uh, this one was okay. You know, it uh, um, was a whole lot of imploding people, left, right, and center, pretty much. <laughs> that's that's what it was to me. Hot messes everywhere. But, you know, pretty, what's the word? Pretty scintillating to watch or pretty engrossing to watch. I guess that's that's what I'm looking at. It kept, it kept my attention. So that's a good thing. I certainly wasn't bored. So I'm going to give it a solid 8 out of 10. Sad, trash, green hearses. <laughs> uh, so just me left, right? Just kidding. Des? Okay. I didn't love this episode. I hate... Oh, I want to punch Claire and David in the face. And, you know, like, one with each hand at the same time. Um... <laughs> And I, I just pictured that, and I'm just cracking up at the thought of it. I'm picturing it with in the background, and it would be awesome. Just to let you know, I also did not enjoy the amputee. I did not enjoy the incest. Everybody was pretty much kind of a. <laughs> annoying or jerky about things and so I just uh, it's just not my favorite um, I'm gonna uh, the only good th- the only really really good thing that happened in this episode was Maggie was leaving I'm going to give this I'm gonna give it mm, 6 out of 10 um ugh, gross stop it you're killing me <laughs> <laughs> Should write that one down? Nope. I just <laughs> came out of my smart little head. <laughs> I love I love when characters just freaking blow the hell up. I love when Nate always did that and seeing David and Claire uh doing it in this episode. Not like that, that's Billy and Brenda's territory. Um I was really, really happy and excited and laughing and just like in shock for most of this episode. And uh, any any feelings to the contrary, folks? It's it's just static you're hearing. Just you just got to stop p- paying attention to that static. Shh. Oh wait, that's a copperhead. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh no, copperhead! No, no. It could have been copperheads in the woods there. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I really loved it. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. And uh, had a great time watching this episode. I'm giving it. Uh, 10 out of 10, animal-style double-double cheeseburgers. Mm. And, uh, Most uh, delicious mm. rating system so far. <laughs> Other than Billy's penis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, uh, let's bury this brother boner. Uh, <laughs> you know, it wasn't a husband bulge at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... So, yeah, on iTunes, you give us a star rating or, you know, write a review, you know, spread the word. And I appreciate anybody who's listening to be talking about it on other podcasts and feedback to other podcasts just to let people know, hey, we're out here. <laughs> you know, just send a random email to any <laughs> podcast and tell them how great we are. Exactly. <laughs> Dear Judge John Hodgman, <laughs> there's this really awesome podcast called FisherCast. Please give them a listen. Thank you. So... Uh, where can they find us, Des? <laughs> well, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, perhaps 
TrishaCast.blogspot.com. You can find every single episode of, of uh, FisherCast ever in the history of the universe on that wow. website. Go. <laughs> or you can write to us at FisherCast1 at uh, wait, fishcast one at gmail.com. I almost said blogspot. Good lord. Um, I'm tired. Uh, except actually, we'll if you haven't already noticed on the Facebook group by now when to write in, by the time you hear this, it'll be too late. But you could still write to us. We might even write back. Actually, uh, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> um, and if you are um, writing at the time of uh, maybe, maybe you just heard the finale or anything like that. Um, <laughs> What am I trying to say? We have a retrospective coming up, so mm-hmm, that's um, true. We may have that's already true. recorded for the finale, but we'll still read your stuff in the retrospective. Absolutely, uh-huh. good point. Um, are you on Bookface, right? Because you know you've turned it off and on again. Awesome. <laughs> Facebook.com/slash/groups/slash/FisherCast. Go there. Keep it spoiler-free one last time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till next week when we'll be like, spoil away! <laughs> I'm going to Google the hell out of Six Feet Under after we record the finale episode. I'm going to uh, see what awesome. comes up. Awesome. <laughs> I'm just going to Google for naked pictures of Lauren Ambrose. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Des, where can we find you on the web? You can find me on What's On With Steph and Des, uh, where we talk about TVs and stuff. I was called What's yeah. On With Steph and Val. Um, only this past week, because <laughs> I wasn't on. Val was on in my place. She, uh, Did Steph say, I'll to... take a pass? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't finished the episode yet. I'm hoping so. <laughs> uh, that's What's On With Steph and Des dot blogspot dot com. <laughs> Yes, I won't <laughs> sing this week because it was so bad last week. Illyrio, where can we find you? Potential cast, redemption cast, and pause cast too. I'm even gonna upload a new Yip Yip the Last Airbender podcast soon. Yay. That was very melodic. <laughs> Is that the other one I guess that gets it on a year ago? No, that one has been released already. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we actually recorded one on Friday. Oh, sweet. Yeah, and then I go. I had had to cart my mom around town because of her knee and all kinds of stuff. So mm-hmm. there's there's some change coming. <sighs> we'll see. <clears throat> um, and uh, of course, you can find Moira making howling noises to distract the werewolf from killing Harry, but also scaring the shit out of Claire and Ghost Nate. Um, you can also find her on Twitter at Moira Brown with an E at the end. And you can find me <laughs> on Redemption Cast and. Ooh. And Fisher Cast, which is which is going right now. It's it's on. nothing else going on. <laughs> yes. What about Top Bunk, man? What's going on there? Uh, I fell off. <laughs> oh. We need more Top Bunk. Fell off the bunk. Listen to Top Bunk, everybody. It's great. You'll learn so much about Robin. All oh, his secrets. Fantastic. <laughs> he has secrets. Secrets. Gary does. Interesting. <laughs> um, that's it for FisherCast this week. One episode left. Next week, your homework is the series finale everyone is waiting for. Everyone's waiting. <laughs> As for Static, we therefore commit this episode to the ground. Ashes, ashes to ashes. ashes and dust to dust. Bye. Bye.
Bye, everybody. Dessert tea. <laughs>